Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. It's been a busy week. There have been a lot of games. The -hmm. Champions League is back, so our load has multiplied, but we are going to storm our way through per usual and see you on the other side and as usual we are getting started uh with the this past weekend in the Premier League um so a lot of games obviously um a couple particularly notable ones over the weekend or or results really that are, are notable um Chelsea Chelsea Spurs and Newcastle all dropped points this weekend um and that's not even getting into Arsenal who we will talk about specifically a little bit more in depth but just to point out um Chelsea uh since spending all of their money how all, all of it all of it have all they won it. any games no 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 it's because so, like, they haven't fixed their problem I also actually heard an interesting um I'm not sure who said it I think it was um, the CBS team for the Champions League, which we'll get to mm. later. But I think they were talking about how um, like part of Chelsea's problem very well could be that they have dumped all of these new guys into um, into the system. And I think one of the things that people don't talk about as much with January transfers um, is that January transfers really have to hit the ground running. Yeah. Um, there is no time to adjust to a system summer transfers you know tend to join they join a club in july and the season doesn't start for six weeks so they have a lot of time to adjust to figure out where they're living to you know because a lot of times these guys are moving countries you know to figure out where they're living to move their family their dogs all that shit like settle into like the human part of where they of like moving yeah and then also settle in with the team with the club like get to know you know whatever like there's like a lot that goes into that and January transfers kind of don't really have that the luxury of time with that they do sort of hit the ground running they have to hit the ground running and so when you add this as many new players as Chelsea has that it's you know there's inevitably going to be some adjustment period so whether that is what we are seeing or a larger issue is remains to be seen but we could talk about Chelsea a little bit more when we talk about the Champions League but I just wanted to throw that out there yeah I think Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens you know in the future I think uh the Champions League is probably going to be a deciding factor for some of these teams certainly certainly um but to talk some other results from the weekend um basically uh I want to load I can't yeah, so like I said, Spurs um, and Newcastle also dropped points Spurs, this Spurs like, didn't just lose, like, drop points. Like, Chelsea and Newcastle tied. Spurs lost 4-1 to yeah. Leicester. Like, yeah. that, I feel like, is a little bit more... Newcastle a, like, did Newcastle did tie Bournemouth. And so, Chelsea tied West Ham, so it's not great yeah. for either so, of like, them. like, not great, but Spurs did get the shit kicked out of them by Leicester. So... There is that. And um, I, I didn't get to watch that game at all, so I couldn't – I can't speak to the form that Spurs look to be in. Like, I, I don't know. Um, 
but I mean they must not but look to good. go from but to go from beating Manchester City to losing 4-1 to Leicester yeah you know but like it's just weird things like that like that is the game sometimes that does just happen yeah anyway good news for both of our teams that they that the teams that are you know meant to be competitive are and united tied. oh wait oh united so united tied that was last week we talked about that last week but they beat leeds again they played leeds in the span of like twice in the span of like five days less than a week yeah um and they beat leads this time to two nil which like honestly yeah like, it's just stupid that these two teams are playing again so close yeah like, we I were talking about this scheduled this but that was we were talking stupid. about this um last a little bit when i think we were texting about this when after the first one being like oh my god wait they play again this weekend um yeah. and i think i said something like i realize that this is probably rescheduled games because of like back from when the queen died and like the mess of this rescheduling because of the world cup and and all that but i do think it like kind of sucks because this is not while Leeds, i think you know they played back to back i think it was liverpool and wolves who played each other like three times within like like, two weeks weeks. yeah it was insane yeah like which um i think they played brighton pretty close together too like there's been been a lot of lumps yeah, there've been clumps and some of them have some of that happens, you know, every season because there's between club competitions and and cups. Yeah, there might be the FA um, Cup too. As, like, so like that comes into it, but when but to play with twice within the five within 5 days in the same competition, like kind of sucks. It just kind of took the excitement out of the second game, I feel like. Um <laughs> I feel like everyone was just kind of like, "Oh, this is happening again." Like I was shocked, Yeah, like because just, like, they were so close together, it just kind of like and this is supposed to be there's there's historically a bit of a rivalry between Leeds and United so you know it there's there's some hype to be built about this game but for them to be playing twice within five days just kind of takes some of the steam out of it um I didn't watch the game it was an early game um I didn't watch it either but I didn't get up for it but (laughs) I know Tyler Adams wrecked people as usual so yeah I mean I feel like uh, that's his job like good for him um, I know Rashford continues to be in very good form, so that's that. Yeah, um, but we can't hate Rashford, unfortunately. So no, you can't. You, you just can't. can't. Do you want to talk briefly, Arsenal, Brentford? Yeah, yeah. Should we talk some Merseyside derby first? I was going to say Merseyside derby just to say that Liverpool actually won a game two zero against Everton. Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool did actually win a game. Um, um, Cody Gakpo scored finally, um, finally, after finally, finally. Yeah, it's been like a month or two, but. Yeah. Um, anyway, and they went. Did they hop Chelsea in the table? Someone hopped someone in the table down there in the West. I do believe they hopped Chelsea in the table. I'm kind of. And by that, I mean they moved to ninth place. Yeah, they're a point ahead now. But Chelsea. Oh, and they have a game in hand. Well, Liverpool moving up in the world. Okay. Um. Sorry, I have to (laughs) laugh at other teams doing badly because my team is currently doing badly. Um. Arsenal Brentford. This was like a stinker of a game. Honestly, I feel like Arsenal has played a couple of stinkers. Um but also we should have won. Like we didn't play well. I should preface that we we haven't looked good. I don't know if that's I was talking to my brother about this and I'm seeing some other things. Like I do think you we might finally be seeing the fact that Arsenal has been playing the same 11 guys for seven mm-hmm. months, six, five, there's a little you know, fatigue. You can kind of tell that there's fatigue. 
Um, and like we come out strong in games, I feel like, and then like we hit like the 60th minute and it's just a slog. Um, and the unfortunate thing is, is that we're not winning a title if we're subbing players. Mm-hmm. Like that is just kind of like, I mean, there are a couple like Trusard has played very well. Like, I think that there's a couple of players who could pop in. Really, it's only him because Jorginho sucks. I'll speak more of that later. But um, so that I, that that that's kind of an unfortunate thing yeah. with the Europa League starting back up again. I honestly think that we should try and tank that as like as quickly as possible, honestly, because the reason to win that is to get top four. And if we don't completely implode, we'll get top four. So like, I'd like us to focus on the league. Um, One other, so like, I don't know. Also like we need the rest and I don't think that the, we played Saturday and then obviously played like Wednesday and are playing again. Like I, I, I do think that that it yeah. hurts everyone. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt everyone. But no, we don't but have I think a deep team currently. Yeah, and I was gonna really say. I think that that's where um some of the depth comes into play for sure. In that, in the sense that like you, what you were saying, the drop off from Arsenal's best eleven to the guys that come after that is pretty significant. It's very significant. So yeah, so that definitely and and we're gonna see. But at the same time. While that may well be true from an outsider perspective and from someone who's, you know, won a lot of titles, um, most of the time there's a hiccup along the way. There's a little stretch of games where things don't go super well. We very well could just be, and this is not a bad time, honestly, for Arsenal to have a hiccup because there's so much time left in the season. So they can have a little hiccup right now and recover. The question is, are they going to recover? Yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not super – like, we weren't going to go the season having lost one game and tied one game. Like, that was just unrealistic. We yeah. often slump in February. It's not unusual. It's, like, a constant. So I would like to see us, like – I think it sucks, the timing of it, because we played City, but, like, fine. Um, The one other thing I want to say about the Brentford game, which is why I'm annoyed by it, is is that the guy was off sides on their goal – like blatantly offsides and the VAR drew the line incorrectly so incorrectly mm-hmm. that they even said so afterward that it was yeah. incorrect and that they were wrong um and that is really annoying because now more than ever having gotten three points out of that like we would still be on top um Arteta basically was like you nothing you can't do anything except give us those two points to make it better type thing um and the, VAR had a string of bad decisions this weekend that I don't I don't know if you want to speak more to, but that's just frustrating I mean, I think that just, there was such a yeah in in such a pivotal game. Such and I'm not saying like Brentford could have scored. No, but I know you scored at some other point saying. in yeah. the game. We didn't play well, but for it to have been decided like that and like so clearly been wrong, and then to even admit it and basically say that the VAR guy can't do any more games currently is very frustrating. Um, and it's not an excuse, but like yet another no, thing I know what to you're add saying. to the I, bag to I be like, think, what is VAR doing? 
Uh, yeah, I think that's just a, you can add it to the list of the the number of really really awful awful decisions. I think I'm going to be honest. I think the worst two VAR decisions this year have come in pretty pivotal games. One is that decision in the Brentford game, and the other one is the the Manchester derby offside. Rashford oh God, not being yeah. offsides. Yeah, I think those are the two worst calls of the year. Um, yeah. and there have been a number of really bad ones. Yeah. Um, but I think. Like I think I think there's there's been a lot of discussion, sort of always about VAR, but I think particularly with offsides. And I saw a little bit of a little bit of chatter this week about um, some Premier League clubs. They didn't say which, um, uh, advocating for a semi-automatic um, offsides. Apparently, they did it in the Club World Cup, oh. and it worked pretty okay. Interesting. Like it's not fully automatic, but it's semi. I don't really understand how that would work, but anyway, there. I have been saying this for, it feels like years now, but I think generally speaking that there needs to be the premier league in particular needs to reevaluate how it uses VAR. But I also think that the game at large, the global football needs to rewrite the offsides rule. And that doesn't really come into play with this particular one in Arsenal's case, but just, I think that, the the offsides rule was not written for a world that included VAR and so I just think that it needs to be rewritten um with the under with with a better understanding of how VAR is applied yeah but I, that's not yeah. necessarily applicable to this situation but just sort of speaking no, more generally about VAR. no I agree yeah. I also think too it's just like it is frustrating because like I do watch, like, and I know you do too, like, a number of Bundesliga games. I haven't watched as many La Liga, so I can't say as much on that. But, like, I feel like in the Bundesliga, and uh, granted, I haven't watched every single game, so I obviously might miss have missed something, but it feels relatively smooth. There's just, like, there are, I don't know like why everything. it feels smooth, and then the Premier League, it feels so not. Yeah, like, I don't know. yeah. It's, like, like everything, there is still an element of human error to it. There is of always course. going to be an element of human error to referee. Literally always. We cannot do away with it. But it seems that rather than helping the Premier League have less human error um, or giving the Premier League more opportunity to fix human error, VAR has made the human error problem worse in the Premier League, where it seems like in the Bundesliga and the and La Liga, of which I watch a decent amount of, um, there doesn't seem they don't seem to have that issue. Um, it seems like almost every week there's a VAR controversy in the Premier yeah. League. Yeah, and it's and and while there are still calls that are questionable um, elsewhere. It's not to the same sort of frequency, not with the same sort of frequency that it seems to happen in the in the Premier League. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what the solution is. <laughs> it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I mean, obviously, I mean, we've both been frustrated by it this year, by things happening to our teams. But, like, I would be frustrated – even like so if it had there gone are, against like the other way no but it's them. happened it's happened to most teams exactly. in the premier league exactly. i think is the, yeah. the point is right like which maybe at the end of the day like i guess it's a good thing it's happening to most people rather than just like some people right like yeah i guess it's, also, like, for, it's for general equity it's purposes general. like it's it's good that it's a broad scale issue rather than just happening to one specific team yeah. but at the same time like 
there isn't there seems to be a VAR epidemic in the Premier League and that is quite literally on not just one or two but several occasions changing the outcome of the match yeah and I just think there's got to be a better way to do it well clearly there has to be because otherwise we're screwed uh <laughs> anyways <laughs> anyway that's what I have to say about Arsenal um and then we're gonna they that happened over the weekend but we'll gonna talk about the arsenal city game i have a couple in a moment let me talk about city villa first i'm so sorry i forgot about Um, you whoops okay (laughs) uh city beat aston villa 3-1 um it was to be completely honest um it was it business as usual for city which is nice to say because it hasn't seemed that way in a while i felt like this game against villa on sunday finally looked like the city that I have come to expect. Like they, they looked good again. They dominated the game. They, they, they played really well. Like they, they just looked good again for the first time in a while. Um, a couple of particularly interesting things. Um, one being uh, Ruben Diaz is back. Um, who had been injured in the first half of the season and hadn't really found his form yet. But he is back. Boy, oh boy, is he back. Um, and he is looking really, really good, which is definitely something we need in City's back line. Um, so really nice to see him back and playing well. Um, and then Bernardo Silva was sort of playing left back. Look, sort of playing left back, sort of playing left center half. It's listen, listen. It's it wouldn't be the weird. There's a we have an outside back issue. Um, Kyle Walker is back in the starting eleven over Rico Lewis, um, and he's been playing well, which is good. Um, and Bernardo Silva is is just sort of seems to be filling in where he needs to, and he's doing all right. So. We'll see. He's kind of playing a weird hybrid um, back where he he sort of slides into that position sometimes and slides into the midfield and then slides into the left center half. I, I don't know. It's you need like a you need like fifteen years of coaching experience to try to figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, but it worked, so <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I'll leave that shit to Pep. Um, the other big notable thing, um, which is going to come into play again, we talk about City Arsenal, but Kevin De Bruyne has found his form again. He had um, quite a bit of a slump um, in January following the World Cup and really struggled, was just not, his passes were not coming off, he wasn't playing well, um, but he looked back like himself again Saturday or Sunday. Um, so that's really nice to see him back um, playing well. So. That was really all I got to say about uh, the Villa game. Shall we talk today? Yeah, I want to caveat. I watched like maybe a third of this game because I had work and then homework and then I had to get home. So I didn't watch that much of it, so I can't speak to much, though I can say a couple, I'll say a couple of things that I know happened and then I know there was a lot more going on and that I didn't catch. Um. A, which is sad because this was supposed to be such a good game. First off, 
we looked kind of good at the beginning, I will say. Um, we had a few chances that we should have put in a Ninketia's header. I couldn't tell you when it was, but it was still when it was 0-0. It was early, yeah. Um, that should have been goal, and I do think that would have changed the tide of things a little bit. I don't know what the result would have been, but I think it would have helped us. Um, and then honestly, for anybody who's living under a rock, just we didn't city won three one today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Um, I don't know. I spoiled it for my mom by accident. She like Oops. was watching a replay and she was like, did you watch it? I was like, yeah. And then sent her a like frowny face thinking that she had uh. finished because she had like sounded so defeated, but apparently she had only seen city's first goal. And then she calls oh. me and is like, why the hell did you do that? I'm like, mom, uh. <laughs> I'm supposed to know. Anyway. My bad. Sorry. So sorry. Anyway. Um, I will say a couple other things. Tell me also. So I haven't actually looked it up. I don't know why Thomas Partey didn't play. I don't know if he was injured. I don't know if they said. So Thomas Partey, apparently it's a muscular injury. Okay. Thank you. The problem with that is he has been and has like will be the player to which we have no backup for. And it's always been said, we really should find a backup for him because we have no one. Um, No one is Jorginho, which uh, is no one. Um, So that's great. If Jorginho continues to have to play, we will continue to not look good. That is my blanket statement. Um, Tommy Asu started in, instead of Ben White. I don't mind that. I think he has a little bit more pace getting back. However, he was the reason for City's first goal and like a very bad blatant mistake. And it was a mistake, but it was bad. Um, and... It and you just can't an, give the was, ball right to Kevin De Bruyne right there. Get the ball to Kevin no. De Bruyne, and I do think that Arsenal had a bit of momentum until that point, and then that kind of was just like set City alight, obviously. Um, and I don't think I mean like Arsenal still looked for the snippets that I was able to see, like they still looked good. They couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Um, and then once City scored again to make it 2-1 and you can probably say more to the penalty I know it was a little bit I don't know I, I didn't get time to see it um I feel like once it became 2-1 there was no shot of us tying it up um but if you want to speak to City and I know you were saying that you thought the PK was soft I I didn't see it and I didn't get a replay so I would yeah, love to so hear your um, I have a bunch that I can I can talk about actually and some for with Arsenal as well um I, I, by and large, Arsenal were the better team in the first half. Um, I think anybody who is watching will agree yeah. with that. That being said, up until the city goal, or after the city goal, outside of the after city's first goal, which is the twenty fourth minute, outside of the penalty kick, which happened late in the first half, until I think it's the eighty third minute, somebody put up the uh, you know expected goals or whatever. Arsenal had zero expected goals between the 23rd minute and the 83rd minute yeah. outside of the penalty, mm-hmm. which I think tells a pretty good story Clear of the story. game. Yeah. Um, they were definitely the better team in the first half. Um, and actually, inter- and I thought this is really interesting, sort of, sort of as, as a whole. Um, Arsenal had over 60% of the possession of the game. Which is, I think many people would have, it was funny, before the game, they were talking about how the pundits were saying that they thought that the game would be won 
by the team that was more comfortable not having the ball. And all of them thought yeah. that would be Arsenal. And yeah. I would have agreed with them that Arsenal would, would have been have more too. comfortable than yeah. City. That is not what it happened. Didn't look like that. <laughs> City had, I could not remember the last time in like the last seven years that City have had less than 40% of the possession. They had yeah. 36% of the possession I in this I think game. that Arsenal, like, it's kind of funny because I almost might not have agreed. I feel like Arsenal is like three years behind City on the same trajectory. And I think three years ago, City would not have been comfortable having 40% or having less possession, right? And I yeah. feel like yeah. Arsenal, I don't think, knew how to manage the game if they didn't have possession. And they didn't play into City's hands, but City was able to take advantage of that more than I think Arsenal would have been able to take advantage of City. The I mean, way. ultimately, the difference in this game, straight up, the only difference, the ultimate difference in this game was that City were clinical and Arsenal yeah. was not. Yeah. That was the that was the difference in this Absolutely. game. Absolutely. City yeah. had um City had fewer shots, not by much, but had way more shots on target. Um yeah. And I mean, and this is a story of Arsenal a little bit. This season is we've scored, obviously, but we've missed a lot. Like we have not it's at times feels very hard for us to score. Mm-hmm. Um and everyone has been scoring, but we also seem to not score sometimes when we're supposed to. Um and you're right, City, it seems like City scored when they were meant to and city had advantage of that had a couple of chances where they didn't score that they maybe should have but in terms of you know conversion um arsenal made two bad defensively mistakes in this game city scored on both of them yeah tomiasu gave the ball away um and then gabriel gave um, the ball away and both times city went that was city's first two goals um they scored on both of them which um City yeah. didn't make any bad defensive mistakes like that, where they just gave the ball away in really bad areas like that. But Arsenal had chances, particularly early in the game and then in the last 10 minutes or so, and they just were not clinical with their chances. And I do wonder, um, and, um, and this is obviously, I don't think, like, yes, it feels like things are going badly for Arsenal. We've, like, dropped points in the last three games, and we're no longer in first place. Honestly, for me, I kind of feel like we've just gotten the inevitable out of the way because for some reason, I know some people like maybe a few weeks ago when we beat United and City kept losing that everyone was like, oh, Arsenal has this. I never really felt that way. Mm -hmm. And you can attest to that because I feel like I've just been stressed. I feel like there was no way this title race was going to go without City at least catching Arsenal at some point. Like, yeah. it just didn't make sense. City is too good. City is too clinical for that to let that City happen. City of also, like, Pep is relentless. And so, yeah. therefore, City is relentless. Like, there, if there were one team in global football that you do not want hunting you in the title race, like, it's City. Like, and you I don't want them hunting. Feel like, I almost feel like now, potentially, we can just be like, okay, now we're gunning for, for I feel like. And I know, I know we talked about this, like the mentality of it, like being mm-hmm. chased or like being the chaser. Like, I just yeah. feel like potentially 
some of the pressure might be off now. And I hope that it is just like the expectation of being in first mm-hmm. place is gone. And though I know that's like kind of sucky, like in a sports mentality type of way that might honestly help us. It's interesting that you say that um, because what a lot of people were saying, both the NBC team and the CBS team um, after the Champions League game, they also touched on this game. Um, they were talking a lot about experience in this in this game um, and that in many ways that was the clinical was the like the result of that, but that in many ways this title race between City and Arsenal may come down to experience. There's a lot of games left. We don't know what's going to happen. But essentially what what, um, what they were talking about after the game is, is that City have been here before. They have hunted down teams and won titles. They have had their, their you know slump and come back out of it. They have they have everybody on their team with very few exceptions has a has experience in the in this sort of title race which is not true of Arsenal and while yeah. Arsenal is very very talented and an excellent best 11 and I think Arteta is a great coach they don't have that experience and and I think that that now of course nobody has experience when they win it for the first time so that doesn't mean you know they can't win it I but will say too. It I do think that boil, plays into this race. I do, but it might boil down to if what uh, if Gabriel Jesus can come back or not. In time, like it, with enough time to actually like, because if you say that we have two players who have done it, mm-hmm. right? And clearly yeah. Zinchenko has been dragging the team in a way. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying no to Nketiah. Nketiah has played so so well. I couldn't like stop praising him for what he's done but I think that the point of experience is very very important and Mm -hmm. I think that as we come to the line Gabriel Jesus may have the experience needed Mm -hmm. to get us in those high pressure moments yeah in those high pressure moments I'm not saying he would have put the ball in the back of the net on that Nketiah header you never know but he might have wasn't easy but he might have and yeah I think there's maybe an X factor in there. I also think yeah. none of this is possible if Partey is injured. That's like even if Jesus comes back. So least, interestingly no. enough, on the on the Partey note, I actually didn't feel like. Now it, you can never say, right? Like maybe the game goes really differently if Partey plays today, but I don't feel like that is where Arsenal got beat today. Um, no, I just mean more. I mean more in like a long term. Long term, type, you're probably completely thing. right. Yeah, but I will say today in particular, I don't know that he necessarily changes the outcome. No, you're probably right. Because, um, I, I do think because, because I don't think Jorginho is where they got beat today. No, I like I, he I, didn't. Yeah, create an X factor one way or the other, but they got beat on the wings today. They did not yeah. get beat in the middle. Of no, the and I agree. Um, I do agree with that. Um. I I, more, I mean more kind of long-term. I don't think that we sure. can sustain. And I, again, I don't know enough about Partey's injury to say how long it'll be that he'll be out, but I- I'm, All they said I'm, was muscular injury. Nothing yeah, more so I'm not sure. I just, I don't know if we can really sustain a long run. Yeah. 
because now we have no backup to Jorginho. Like there's not like we have yeah. like, not much going on in that for that. We could always like I don't know. There are ways that we could change it, but um, it's just a place of worry. But I do I do I think that the experience thing. I also think for the experience factor, like it might be good to be chasing because they've all, they've always been chasing. Um, I want to point out, I want to point out real quickly, technically, yes. While city did go top the table with the win today, you can't quite say that Arsenal is chasing yet because they're tied and Arsenal has a game in hand. Okay. Yes. So if Arsenal goes on to drop points a couple more times and city doesn't, then they're chasing. As of today, they are not yet. I mean more like on a visual standpoint. I do. I I don't know why. And maybe this is me like personifying how I always have felt in sports because it's always easier not to like to be the underdog. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying Arsenal's the under like it's no, but I know what you mean. Yeah. But like there's a little and I do think the idea and the inevitability and like almost feeling city chasing us. I feel like may have been overwhelming and Mm -hmm. I hope that with that gone and having like this game done everyone was talking about it so much Mm -hmm. I mean we I mean rightly so I almost am like okay take a breath settle and let's just keep moving like through February and through March and I almost think that like that could be beneficial because really all we have to do is just keep doing our job right Mm -hmm. like just keep plodding along Mm -hmm. and then we're gonna have to like you know it could boil down to the next game against city Mm -hmm. but I think that just like there it's not time to like make this a catastrophe you know Mm -hmm. like it's by no means Um, I think I think I forget who said it um in in commentary or something they said this game is consequential but it's not um I forget what use they were the word they used they said it's it's consequential but it's not the deciding factor of the season is what basically they said this is it was an important game city really needed to win this game and I would have loved it Arsenal Arsenal would have Arsenal you know what I mean both teams really would have wanted these three points it's a consequential game yeah but it is not the end all be all of the season. No. Um, it's no. too early in the season for it to be the end all be of the season. I have a couple of specific notes that I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I talked about De Bruyne um, earlier in the thing, but I really want to give a shout out to Jack Grealish, um, who scored City's second goal. Um, I said in my, it went way back, way back, um, when we were talking about this season coming up, um, my season predictions, I said that this was going to be Jack's, Jack Grealish's breakout year. You um, did. You really did. I will. I would like to give you credit for that because you did. Roll the tape. Just kidding. I'm not going to go back and find it. Please, um, honestly, if, I will just say, side note, if you season, had it in you, if you really had it in you to go to the episode where you said, I don't know which episode you said it in, but go to it and clip it out and stick it in here. At the end of the season, I think we should go listen to our our recordings <laughs> and um, from the beginning predictions and go through them. But okay. anyway, point being, <laughs> I... I said at the beginning of the season that I thought this was going to be Jack Grealish's breakout year. And I am, I was right. I Good was job. right. Um, he's had a great, particularly, I think he had a, he, it was a slow start, but I think he had a good fall. But since the World Cup, he's been great. Um, he scored a great goal today. It was um, a great finish off of a good play um, from, you know, again, an Arsenal turnover that should not have been a turnover. But nonetheless, yeah, no, um, he took really advantage of what him. was given to him. I thought he played really well. Um, 
I think actually the reason Arsenal played Tomiyasu rather than um, White was because of Graylish because no, they it, wanted the the one v one matchup was probably better for Tomiyasu, but Ar- Graylish did not give him any room to maneuver. He put so much pressure on him that forced the mistake for the first goal. Yeah. Graylish forced no, the mistake first goal he had a great game today um very very happy as as in the words of jack graylish himself buzzing buzzing for him um the man annoys me i love him <laughs> he's I know such, you do you he's love so him ridiculous. because he's like an asshole and i no sure it. like he's one of those players that you love him if you're if he's on your team and you hate him if he's on somebody else but he's he, he's cracking me up um erling holland scored the third goal um, his 26th goal in the Premier League this year, his 32nd in all competitions. Um, 26 ties him for the most in a single season for City ever. Um, he ties, I think they said 14-15 Aguero, um, I think is what they said. I know it's Aguero, but I forget which year. But anyway, ties uh, the the City record for goals in a season, in a Premier League season. Um and he is still on pace to break all of the, the goal scoring records and, and that kind of jazz. But anyway, another goal for him. Um, there was a little bit, I'm not that worked up about it anymore, but during the game, I was very worked up. Um, I did not think this was a particularly well refereed game. Um, Anthony Taylor is not my favorite to begin Probably with. My favorite either, honestly. Um and I was very frustrated with him this game. I tweeted some very not nice things about him, but I didn't delete them. They're still up. You can go see. Um, I'm not going to go look, but okay. <laughs> um, I tweeted some very unkind things about uh, Anthony Taylor. I have felt, by and large, that referees recently are being stricter about giving out yellow cards to guys running up and yelling at them, mm. which ultimately I think is a good thing. I think nobody, I have always said, I don't think anybody other than the captain should be able to talk to the referee. Um, yeah, unless the I referee agree. initiates the I conversation. Think, yeah, I, I have always agree. said that. Yeah. Um, but there were a couple of instances where Anthony Taylor was giving yellow cards to City players for running up on them. And then Arsenal players were also running up on him and not getting yellow cards. And Maybe it was what they were so, saying that they were getting the yellow card for. Now, you don't know what they're saying, but if they're getting in their if they're getting in his face, they're not saying anything nice, right? No, like, I'm not saying that. I'm, so I was kind of joking. because I No, no, no. But I'm sure they were not. I'm sure the City players were not saying that. Jack Raelish got one, and somebody grabbed what they think he said, and I think he said, you're a fucking moron. So, like, I'm not saying I mean, Jack shouldn't get a yellow card for Jack Raelish, like, though? Like... I'm, not saying, I'm not saying the City <laughs> fans shouldn't have gotten yellow cards for that. I, that's not what I'm saying. I know. I know. I'm, just, I'm just joking around. <laughs> I just found that frustrating, because there was there was a particular instance where Sokka got up in his face in a Which way is that... surprising, had, actually. Yeah, but... it, it, it is. But anyway, there was a particular instance where he ran up on, on Anthony Taylor and got in his face in a, in a very similar way as to... Um, some of the other players, city players had done, and Saka didn't get a yellow card for it when the city player had. And and again, like you don't know what words are said, but it's still annoying. Um, but I'm not going to go on about it for that long because you know city won the game, so whatever. Um, same thing with the penalty. I still don't think it was a penalty. I know you said you didn't get a chance to look at it, but no. essentially what happened was essentially what happened was Enketia is was sort of turned the corner on him. He got his shot off. Ake cleared it off the line. Um, after he got his shot off, him and Ederson collided. Um, now, Ederson didn't leave his feet. He didn't 
like he was coming out to the ball and Ketia took the shot and they collided after he so Ederson didn't get any of the mm. ball but he didn't leave his feet there's and they collide and Ketia falls over yeah here's the thing Lee Dixon who is a big Arsenal guy I know now, he is I know about the thing I, I usually like Lee Dixon I don't have a problem with Lee Dixon I don't quite understand why they would put someone who has such strong feelings on the commentary for a big game like this. I just don't think you need to. Yeah, like, I, I would agree with that. But... It was annoying. I it was like, all right, Lee Dixon, we get it. You're an Arsenal fan. Like, let's, can we not? Like, and he wasn't being particularly bad or anything, but it was just kind of irritating. Like, because he only ever wanted to talk about Arsenal. Which is like, I get it, you're a fan. I have no problem with you being a fan. Like, everybody's got a little bit of bias. But I just don't think perhaps this was the best game for him to be on commentary in. But anyway, Lee Dixon yeah. made the point saying that if that sort of thing had happened anywhere else in the field, it's a foul. And he's correct. Mm. If it happens anywhere else in the field, it's, it's a foul. That's true. However, this sort of collision with a goalkeeper and an attacking player happens fairly often. Yeah. Um, in the sense that it happened it happened in the other way around in City's game against Aston Villa, where they Emmy Martinez and Holland collided. And after uh and uh Holland got called for a foul in that one. Um it wasn't a penalty. I think the frustration from City fans is that we've seen these sorts of collisions happen and it did not impact in Ketia's shot. Like the sh- if it like if Ake hadn't cleared off the line it's a goal right like but Ake clearing it off the line wasn't impacted by the collision um and Ketia is too far like he wasn't going to follow up his own shot you know what I mean so like the frustration from City fans is I believe that we've seen this kind of collision happen again and again and again and in 25 years of watching soccer I've never seen it be given as a PK yeah and I think that's where the frustration is is that even it's one of those things where like okay yeah there's collision he doesn't get the ball but you do give the goalkeeper it's it's 100 percent true that the goalkeeper has more leeway than anybody else in the field that's true right or wrong that is always been the case the goalkeeper has more you know sort of gets more you know leeway in those situations and i guess the other argument is that it just was a sort of like, I've never seen a collision like that be called a PK ever. And so that's where the frustration was. Yeah, I have time. to, I am for, I feel bad because I, I didn't go find it um, to take a better look at it. Um, now, ultimately, it sounds I'm like not one gonna... of those ones that might be called like that one way and then called another, a different way. Yes, it in is a like game. One of those. And that might but just I be think, how it is. Yes, it is one of those that, but I think the frustration is that in every other time I've seen it, it's been called the opposite yeah, way. That's valid. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I understand that. That's where the frustration starts. And I from, honestly I like probably I'll take a look at it at some point. Um, and I think that at you're the right. end of the day, like, like I'm not going to sit here and bitch and moan about that for ages. City ended up winning the game. It is what it is. It, whatever you know. But like, yeah, I, I think it had it. City not gone on to win the game, I'd be a lot more upset about it. Yeah. But um yeah I think the frustration from city fans just comes from we've seen that play before and it not getting called so as yeah. that way so it just you know every everybody feel feels like they're the wrong VAR decisions because Arsenal it happens to them all the time 
It happens to City all the time, too. Well, then we can commiserate at the top of the league together, then. <laughs> I think I think the point being, point I'm ultimate point being, everybody, everybody sort of, I think, funnily enough, everybody thinks there's a referee conspiracy against them. When I think yeah, the actual do. truth oh, in the actual truth in the Premier League is that the referees are just bad. Yes, that's probably. <laughs> I think that yes, the Premier League referees are just bad. There's no conspiracy against anyone in particular. They're just bad. Um, and I think that that's a very good, yes, like, <laughs> um, because I think that's I, the best I mean, way to conclude. But yes, <laughs> I could understand how. I will say though, like I could understand how a casual fan of a team could think could feel that way because if yeah. you don't watch other teams play if you only watch your the team you support play you know once oh, one game a weekend which is not unusual like plenty of people just watch the team and you don't really pay attention to what's going on in the other games outside of the standings which again would not be crazy um you may not know <laughs> that that it's happening to everybody you may yeah. only see when it happens to you um and you could understand why you could feel like there's a conspiracy yeah. i am not by any means saying that i think the general i think the the problem is not that there's a conspiracy for or against any team in particular um but that the premier league is just bad at refereeing let's go talk about the bundesliga and la liga because um <laughs> i think we said last time like if you want to watch a league maybe don't the watch bundesliga the league. it's worse. a little bit of a shit show um do you want to talk about Bundesliga first? Because sure talk thing. about a top four race, title race. Yeah, indeed, indeed, man. indeed, indeed. Um, we are everybody is is pretty close at the top. Of right. The top three in the Bundesliga are within three points of each other. Um, yep. Bayern is in first with forty three, Union Berlin at forty two, and Dortmund at forty. Um, and they are all even on matches. Um. So and even fourth place is at thirty seven points, so not not too far off. Um. Far anyway, off. point being, um, Dortmund is is on a bit of a tear, on a bit of a tear right now. Um, they've won again this weekend. Um, Bayern have been up and down. I'm making yeah. I mean, up. I feel like with Bayern too, it's just like they tend to like they might tie a game. The win, but not look like fully convincing. Yeah, but they like aren't like going to be like dropping points like consistently all the no. time. No, no. But so it will be interesting. Like... Um, how you know things play out. Um, it's a little bit. I think point being, um, the Bundesliga has been the last couple of years. Dortmund or ha- um, Bayern has kind of run away with it. Um, and they are not this year, I think is the point that we're making, um, that things are, are much tighter, um, and there's some really good football being played and a lot less bar controversy. So, <laughs> um, honestly, yeah, I was talking to my mom, obviously in the conversation after she realized that city won this, that game, I was like, mom, go watch the Bundesliga. And she was like, it's yeah. not competitive. I'm like, are you kidding me? Sure as hell is. Mom, like she'll watch Bayern with my dad, but I'm like. Look, if you want a league, we were just talking about like I don't know other things, and she was just like, "I was like, go go watch the league with the teams that get publicly owned by their fans." She was like, "You know what? I might do that." So that's There's my a lot of reasons. I think reasons. we're all just. I feel like every week we talk a lot about the Premier League, and then we plug the Bundesliga so hard. I know. And then we're um, like, so actually, we just were complaining about the Premier League for like forty five minutes. Don't watch that. Watch the Bundesliga. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. 
anyway, anyway, really good stuff. Um, Dortmund have I think won four in a while, or in a row now. Um, so so good good stuff there. Yes. Um, but oh geez. Um, moving on. Over, yeah, moving on over to um to La Liga. Barcelona are now a good eight points. They're thriving. They thriving of Real Madrid, and that is even on points or even on games played. Yeah. Um, I will say, if we're doing the around the leagues, um, I think it's important to mention in league uh, that PSG lost this week. Some has lost again. They've like lost the same number, like more games in the past month of 2023 than they did in like all of 2022 or some like weird crazy stat like that. This is prevalent mm-hmm. for the Champions League uh, discussion we're about to have, but um, just thought I would mention that. Yeah. Anyway, so um, Madrid played today actually to even out um the games played because they did not play this weekend because they were winning the Club World Cup. Um, to what to say is a very insignificant. No one cares about tournament. I, I didn't even know what's going on. I only vaguely knew what was going on. I don't really understand why they play it because it feels like whoever wins the Champions League just wins it every year. That is um, legitimately, I think it's the, the Europe team has always won. Which so makes I'm not sense. really sure why they bother playing it. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. Another trophy, more games, more money, money, money. Yeah, but I don't even know where they broadcast it. So I don't know. Anyways. Um, you clearly didn't watch. Clearly, somebody's going to be like, yeah, that's because none of your teams have won the Champions League. True. <laughs> but nonetheless. Yeah, but like Barcelona's um, won the Champions League, and I don't think I watched it when they won. I, I did not watch it when they won. No, um, that was a while ago, but I I did not watch it when they won. You're right. Um, anyway. Barca did win again at the weekend. Um, Pedri scored the lone goal in their win over Villarreal. It was a little bit scrappier of a win, but a win's a win. I will um, say I am. Um, I saw a quote from Chavi that honestly coming from him is like Jesus. It was like um, he was like I remember when Iniesta and I were t- both twenty, and Gavi and Pedri are way better than us at that age, or something like along those lines. Yeah. And I'm like, that's praise. That is praise. Which I maintain that Iniesta is the best midfielder I've ever seen. Oh, at his prime. Oh, absolutely insane um he is anyway, he is the actually fun fact um he is the first player jersey that i ever owned oh, wasn't in yesterday jersey nice so fun um, fact there for you anyway so barca's looking good um they play man united in the europa league tomorrow, tomorrow. Um, actually interesting funnily enough this will probably come out after that yeah. game because yeah. i have probably won't but get around we to... will um we'll discuss that game like on the next um yeah so by the, the time one. you're listening to this that game probably already has results but um for us we're recording wednesday night so we don't uh, know what those results are yet yeah um just a little so just flagging that um Let's move on to the Champions League because the Champions mm-hmm. League is mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Um, Which we kind of didn't realize was coming this week. It was until a Valentine's it was Day and I was like, oh my God, the Champions League is 
<laughs> literally I'm riding the I'm reading my book riding a bike at the gym right I'm riding the bike I'm reading my book I'm vibing I got my headphones in I'm just I look up and it happened to be one of the CVS TVs it was right in front of me <laughs> I look up I'm like that's a soccer field and I was like I squinted because I didn't have my glass. I didn't have my glasses or contacts in, so I like can't fucking see. I'm squinting at it. And I'm like, that says PSG fired, and then I like pull up my phone and I'm like, oh shit, the Champions League. <laughs> like it just was like so. I don't know why. Like I obviously like everyone knows it comes back in mid February. I feel like this always happens with the knockout stages. Like they sort of just like they slip in without anyone realizing, yeah. and then you're just like, oh shit. Games are back. <laughs> yeah, they definitely sneak. I, and I feel like I was so preoccupied with the fact that City and Arsenal were playing. Yeah. That, I think that like, there's so many midweek, like, Premier League games now. Yeah. It's just, like, so... Because it used to be, like, there was nothing during the week yeah. until the Champions only, League is back. Only Champions League, yeah. Um, but let's talk about the games. Um, yeah, so as, yesterday, um, I didn't watch any of Milan uh, Spurs. But I didn't either. Milan but... did beat. But Milan did win. Um, so that's two losses in a row for Spurs. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Milan hasn't been looking great, but Spurs haven't been looking great. Honestly, this was like, I don't know. Yeah, I we'll again, see. We I think this, I it's just one nothing. So plenty yeah. to be still played for, especially because they played in Milan, so they will play. Yeah. Spurs will play at home the second yeah, leg. So it's we'll see how up, that goes. Say. Um, definitely. And I, yeah, again, didn't watch the game, so I don't really have anything to say. Uh, PSG Bayern, however, I while I did not watch the full 90 minutes, because as previously mentioned, I was at the gym and then I left about halftime. So I missed the beginning of the first half when I was on this um, taking a shower. But um, PSG Bayern, uh, Bayern won one nothing. I have thoughts what on I, this game. Yeah, so um, Mbappe did not start, which I think was kind of the headline at the beginning of the match um they had the young 16 year old um who looks who i forget who, his name who like if someone can swipe him he looks yeah good. He, he might not he leave, started like... um he was which i found this out because i'm scrolling through twitter and they're like Lionel messi debuted in the champions league in 2005 uh, this yeah. guy was born in 2006 and i said what <laughs> yeah yeah uh don't love that my terrifying. youngest Absolutely my youngest terrifying. sibling was born in 2006 so <laughs> that um, feels good he's I like, like 16 in a few days or few you know um he is 16 yes but i have i have a couple of thoughts on, i watched well like half watched all of the game because again mm-hmm. i couldn't pay full attention to it but i was like listening to the announcers um yep i think it's kind of funny. A the first half PSG does not look did not look good. Yeah, Bayern I will say I thought Bayern be really miffed that they did that they only won this game one zero. They should have. They yeah, there were a couple. Won, like, 2-0-3-0. There were a bunch of times in the first half when I was watching it at the gym that I was like, mm, should have scored there. And and the game did completely turn on its head when Mbappe came in. In the second half, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He came in right after, not very long after halftime. It was maybe like 54th minute or something like, like that. It was basically the whole second half that he played. Yeah. Um, completely changed the game. I do think that Bayern didn't really change their tactic. Like, they were mm. pressing really high the entire game, which they do do. But I do think they may have 
decided to do to do that because Mbappe wasn't playing. But then they yeah. didn't change their tactics when he he came does on. stretch. He stretches the field in a way that um. And so I do think that if he's Mbappe is starting the next game, Bayern will probably play differently from the start. And so I don't know if Mbappe will be like such a big like mass, like he's obviously a big impact, but I don't know if he'll shock the system of Bayern as much because I think they'll just prepare differently. Um, yeah, the I will say I I laughed quite a bit at the fact that Mbappe scored twice and both goals got overturned. I laughed so. more at the fact that the announcers got so freaking hyped about it and were like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And then they were like, "Oh," and they were like, "He's offside." <laughs> yeah, I, I almost I I almost didn't. I got less annoyed. I got more annoyed not by Mbappe scoring, but by how like the announcers seemed to be just like placing him on the pedestal at of the top. And I'm like, please stop. Honestly, like anyone who's listened to us with any sort of regularity knows that we're uh, Mbappe haters. Um, particularly me, I am particularly more an Mbappe than me, hater. I'm still, I, I, we're he PSG grinds our haters, gears. Definitely, we're yes, we're PSG haters, and he just kind of grinds the gears. You know, like he yeah. he grinds the gears. Yes. Um, I think he's an entitled little shit. Um, uh, yes, probably. Um, and. I think that everybody, the way, like you're saying, the way that everybody else talks about him makes it worse. Yeah. And I think people constantly are like, what do you mean? You don't think he's good? And I'm like, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. No. I don't think we've ever said that we don't think that he's a fantastic player. I think he's a great player. I don't think he's a god. No, I don't either. I don't think he's the best player in world football right now. Yeah, I'd agree. I think he's a great player. He's not. He's not the GOAT. He's never going to be the GOAT. And I will just say, uh, yes. And I think it's funny because I think that understanding Mbappe that way and then understanding how, like, PSG just seems to be, like, capitulating always. Like, basically, the drama before this game, too, was that Neymar got pissed at everyone over the weekend. And now PSG was basically caught, like, people want Neymar out. I think that they well, are M- planning has to wanted... sell him in the summer, and Messi is apparently not renewing his con. Apparently not renewing his. Rumor contract. has it. Rumor has it that M- um, Messi and Neymar are both out in the summer at PSG, which um, then means Mbappe has his team all to himself, which is maybe what he wanted. Yeah, mm. that's a whole another thing. Um. But it was funny. I think it they were talking about the CBS crew of um, Kate, Thierry, Jamie, and Micah, um, who are my faves. I love them. Um, I do love we're talking. Too. We're talking after the game, basically, about how um, I think it was Jamie who was saying it, but um, perhaps I'm giving credit to the wrong person. But I think it was Jamie Carragher who was saying it that PSG. <laughs> It was definitely Jamie. Jamie was talking about essentially PSG and and their Champions League and um, and he was comparing them to City and the Champions League essentially in the case that both clubs have spent pretty significant amounts of money and neither have yet to win the Champions League. But he was saying how he is he feels every year sort of like City could win the Champions League and he yeah. never quite feels like PSG win the Champions League mm-hmm. and that while yes both clubs spend money that it city spends money intelligently like in a in a way where they have a plan and they're they're buying specific players to fit 
what they want to do. Whereas PSG's model is just to buy the big player name is just to buy Messi and, and to buy Neymar and to buy Sergio Ramos. And that's, that's yeah. just their, their MO, which we've talked about before. Um, not recently, but we have talked about before and that, that, that just doesn't work. <laughs> um, and that is likely, you know, the root of a lot of their problem. But nonetheless, they lost one nothing. Um, they were in Paris. Um, although it's been a couple years, I think since before COVID, um, I haven't talked about this, but historically, PSG sucks at home in the Champions League. No, they really do. Um, I think like everyone, I, I don't like, don't really know why. I don't know why either, but they suck at home. But Bayern is, of course, not a fun place to go either. Germany in general is not a fun place to play away. Um, so, yeah, Bayern with an away win. Again, only one nothing. so still a lot to play for. Um, but yeah. Bayern will be will be pleased to be doing the second leg at home. Um, Bayern will be missing Pavard for the second leg. He did get sent off. Um, second yellow, yeah. Second yellow, yeah. But he'll still be out for the next game, so. Yeah. I feel like they have, um, I don't really know who's on their bunch, but I feel like they have a replacement. So they'll be all right. I'm not that worried about it, but they'll be fine. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so one zero again. Um, three out of the four games, I know, were one zero. <laughs> um, not the Benfica Club Bruges game, though. No, the Benfica, um, Benfica Bruges was two nothing to Benfica. Um, I didn't I also did not watch any of this game. Um, I believe Benfica's first goal was a penalty kick, but that's all I know about it. Yeah, I mean, that's not surprising. Club Rouge actually had a very good, like, obviously had, like, a very good and surprising um, group stage. I think that Benfica is quite good. I feel like we talked about them at the end of the group stage. Yes, they can make a significant we did. run in this tournament, Here's too. actually the thing, the asterisks next to the Benfica. Big part of that Benfica run was Enzo Fernandez, who is not there anymore. I agree, but that also, I would not put it so, past that, that that galvanizes them to keep doing well. Yeah, so I imagine they will get through Bruges. They're they're up to nothing, and they won at Bruges. I also, I also would leg. just think that it's funny that if Benfica does go through and Dortmund does hold on against Chelsea, that Enzo Fernandez went to a team who that did, did not worse. go as far in the Champions League as the team that he left. And that that will be funny. I just think is that irony. would be funny. It yeah. would be funny. Um, um, speaking of Enzo Fernandez, actually specifically, and Chelsea, um, Chelsea yeah. did fall 1-0 to Dortmund today. Um, an absolute fantastic goal from Kareem Adeyemi. Um, oh, talk about a counterattack. Talk about a counterattack. This is a solo, probably 60-yard run. Um, and you know who he beats very specifically? Enzo Fernandez. Um, he... he Adiyami, he scored his first goal in the Bundesliga, what, like two games ago, three games ago? And since then, it just looks like he has – a weight has gone off of him, and he is playing. He's found he's it, like yeah. He's out. playing really, really well. He's balling yeah. out. He looks great. Um, but this is a great game from him. It was a fantastic goal. He goes on, like I said, a 60-yard solo run, um, blows by – it's a counterattack, so there's not a whole lot of defenders back. He blows by Enzo Fernandez, takes a touch by the goalkeeper, and has the composure to finish it. Um He's a really fast guy, so that obviously plays. But I think what's imp- impressive about this run, actually, is that it looks so simple. Yeah. He doesn't do anything crazy. No, like, no. he's not doing a whole lot of footwork. He just is running. And to run that far, that fast, with the ball at your foot, 
is a lot more difficult <laughs> than oh, it appears. Um, but he, it was a great, great solo run, great finish. Um, and, and I'll be honest, Chelsea didn't look bad. This game happened at the same time or overlapped significantly with Chelsea Ars- or um, with City Arsenal. So I did not watch it completely. It was yeah. dual streaming on my laptop, but I didn't really pay much attention to it until um, until the City game was over. But Chelsea had plenty of chances. Um, Joe Felix, I thought, looked really good. Um, Enzo had one that came pretty close. Mudrik, honestly, looked pretty dangerous. So I do think it'll be an interesting second leg. Um, it is, you know, again, a 1-0. They were at Dortmund, so they will have to play um, at Stanford Bridge in the second leg. But, I mean, to be fair, I think Dortmund is probably the like most hostile place in Europe to go play yeah. away. Yeah. Um, I There's all reports indicate there is nothing in the world like the yellow wall. No. Um, so yeah. Um, but good, really great, really, really great um, game from Adiyemi, um, which I am so delighted about. I remember talking about him when he was at Salzburg. Oh yeah, um, we did. We talked, we did. We, I we picked him out him. when he was at Salzburg. Yeah, we and said, we were happy that, when he went to Dortmund, too. Yeah, so um, I'm very pleased that he's he's finding his stride. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, another one that'll be an interesting second leg. Um, and that was really it for the Champions League. Um, next week, we, of course, have the first legs for the other four, um, the other four round of 16 matches. So Liverpool, Madrid, um, which God. could be interesting. <laughs> Um, Frankfurt, Napoli. I expect Napoli to handle their business. Um, City, Leipzig, and Interporto. Um, which, if City keeps playing the way that they're playing, they've played again the last two games. If they keep playing that, I'm not that worried about it. Of course, they've had their bumps recently, and you never know. And City is away in Germany for their first leg next week. But that is next week. We, yeah, yeah. Um, and that kind of wraps up the, uh, as we called it, the men's section. Um, yep. Because we're going to go talk yes. about the, the women who, honestly, we should just spend more time on them because, mwah, though, yeah, Arsenal. Some... Ar- okay, let me just say, it hasn't been a great run of Arsenal versus City in the past, like, week. Um, no, and we mentioned. I know I mentioned this that I I think that Arsenal um they're obviously missing so many of their key players due to the fact they've all lost their ACLs um which isn't helping them <laughs> um, not, not helping now. them um and they're they they're falling off the title race I I don't think that it's possible for to them to win the WSL this year at all I think they are probably very much battling for a Champions League spot. Mm-hmm. Um and uh City actually looked good in this game. Yeah. City's like City. I feel like City started slow this season a little bit. Um and they did, kind of found sure. their footing. I feel like they not like they were shocked that United was good this year, but I think that like that like just was like a little bit of a like whoa kind of feeling because United has not like traditionally been the top team in Manchester. So I think that City is getting their footing. Um, I think that it's going to yeah, be an interesting I mean, kind of finish to the season. To be fair to United, um, between Alessia Russo and Ella Toon, they're 
Oh. Not exactly slouching over there, but no, 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 you're no. right. I just mean, historically, like, historically, historically, United historically, has not been a good city on the women's side. But they is, have yeah. built a very good team. Um, and you should watch them play because they're quite fun to watch. Yeah, they're actually on top right now. They have played one more game than Chelsea. Yeah, I was going to say, um, they um, have a game they in have hand, played, but they're, they're having a yeah. great season. Um, and we don't like United on principle, but it's they actually they play some very but entertaining football. Listen, um, I love Alessia Russo. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, I feel like on the women's side, it's more like I go for the players that I love and yeah I will say I feel less animosity towards yeah. the teams that I don't like on yes. the women's side um would, yeah. than than anything else but yeah the the table is pretty tight to be honest um yeah, the, the top four I should say yeah United Chelsea City and Arsenal are are very tight um up there Arsenal and Chelsea have both only played have both played one fewer game than City and United but we're at 32 31 29 26 um is the is the points breakdown for them um and they're more than halfway through the season yeah um Um, but if anyone is getting annoyed by the premier league or just any other league that they're watching um watch the wsl it's so good also the women's champions league is going to be i think really competitive um in the next couple of months so yeah. Go women's football. It's Woo. so much fun. Um, but now we have to talk about women's football not being so fun. Um, Let's actually, for those of you who don't know. Yes. If you hate women's football, in which case, stop listening to us. Yeah, we stop you. listening to this. We um, don't want you as a listener. On we podcast. don't want you here. Um, but the She Believes Cup is um, starting tomorrow. Yes. Um, and for those of you who live under a rock and hate us, um, and we don't really like you listening anyway, the She Believes Cup is like a little mini tournament that the U.S. holds. Um, so the four teams this year are the U.S., Canada, Brazil, and Japan. Um, Brazil and Japan. Yeah. So um, the U. The, it opens up tomorrow with the U.S. versus Canada. Well, There's actually, a lot of Japan things- and Brazil play each other at four, and then yeah. U.S. and Canada play each other at seven. But I'm um, yeah. Point being, sorry, just 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 saying. If any Brazil or US, Japan fan is listening, I'm not forgetting you. Okay, yeah, but the USA. But the reason I was talking about US Canada, sorry, is because that's so what sort of the topic of this conversation um, is so Canada. Is because... Canada? Oh, Canada! Oh, Canada! Oh, Canada! <laughs> um. Sorry, I can't be. We we don't like Canada right now. Not the team. Canada, the feder- soccer federation. We don't like them. Um, because essentially, late I believe it was late last week. Um, yeah, the Canada Players Association, so like the players' union, put out a statement. Um, both the men's and the women's side did. Um, the women's side did, and then the men's in support of the women's side. Essentially. Um, really condemning Canada's federation for mishandling of funds and the lack of of sort of funding for their team. And and I think a lot of people are boiling this down to an equal pay type of situation. And that's not really what it's about. It's part of it, but that's not really what it's about. Mm-hmm. What Canada's women's team is upset about is that they are in a world cup year Mm -hmm. um and they are not being given 
they are being told essentially that they, that Canada does not have enough money for them to play home games in Canada to prepare for the world cup, Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. Yeah. Canada's women's team, Canada's women's team have some of the most decorated players in women's soccer history. Canada's women's team has the most high scoring international player period men's or women's christine sinclair is the most prolific goal scorer of ever of ever yes of period Period. (laughs) um canada's women's team are coming off a gold medal at the olympics which unlike the men's side is meaningful um, because it's a full tournament for the women um and they have a really really strong squad that should be a contender in the world cup this summer and yet they are being told that they can't play essentially they are being told that they can't play that they can't be paid um their youth development is the federation's youth development is getting slashed they're just not getting supported at all which Mm -hmm. is ridiculous for a team that is decorated the way they are for women who are decorated and at the top of their sport and who genuinely have a chance to win a world cup. And I know everyone got really excited about the men, the Canadian men, um, which was fair. It was very exciting. They made the world cup for the first time. They didn't get out of their group. They were never going to you know, win anything. This Canadian women's team could win the world cup. Yeah. They are one of the contenders. I would say they, nobody would be, they're not, the favorite by any means i think the u.s and england are probably the favorites but they are certainly in contention nobody would be shocked if canada won the world cup yeah um and so for canada's federation to be treating their players this way is offensive to put it simply um, and it is also backs up to the fact that essentially the Canadian players were insinuating that they would not be participating, that they would essentially strike, um, more or less and not be participating, um, in the, she believes world cup and the can and the Canadian Federation responded by saying, if you don't pay play, then we're going to sue you yeah. for all the money. And the, the Canadian players uh, and if you know anything about equity in payment in women's soccer, it's that these players do not make enough. Nope. They do not make enough money. Um, they they literally no money cannot afford it. Um, that if they were to get sued or fined by the Federation, like they wouldn't be able to like live. Yeah. Like they, they do not make enough money to do that. So they are playing under protest. Um, they train today. Um with their tops turned inside out without the Canada logos. Um, I very Mm -hmm. much anticipate there to be um, some statements of some kind during tomorrow's game um, with the U S women in full support. The U S women have done a lot in their, you know, equal pay suits and are as, as much as their rivals off the field, they're they're It's one of those. We're all in this together situation. Solidarity. Yeah. There's definitely a solidarity um, to it a hundred percent. So I expect we will see some statements um, being made by both teams um, in the game tomorrow. And I wouldn't even be shocked if we saw some stuff from Brazil or Japan, but um, 
they are so essentially the Canadian team is playing in this tournament under protest. Yep. Um, yeah. So I, I just think, you know, we're going to keep an eye on that. We're going to see what happens. It's absolutely disgraceful that Canada is not, um, you know, supporting their team. Now Canada is saying it's because they don't have funding. The union is saying essentially they've gotten all these scholars, these sponsorships. Where is all of that money? Yeah, There's where's, no transparency. Where is the money going to? Yeah. yeah. What, who is getting all of that money? Who Who is getting the money from these these sponsorships that you're saying Canadian soccer has, has garnered? They're really at Canadian soccer is at a point that it's never been at before. It is at an all time high. Um, and there's a real opportunity for them to continue to the, grow the sport in, in a country that historically has not, you know, been anywhere near a, a powerhouse nation um, in football. And so it just, it's messy. It's not a good look for Canada. Um, you know, I, I hope they, they get it figured out because I have, I mean, there's a lot of players for Canada that I really, really, really like, um, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, Sinclair, Christine Sinclair has been sort of a mainstay my entire life. Yeah. Um, and you know, you always have your U S as, as young girls that play soccer in the U S you always have your U S idols, you know, it's Mia Hamm and it was Abby Wambach and then Alex Morgan and, you know, yeah. Yeah. and so on and so forth. But Christine Sinclair has been sort of a constant through all of that. And while, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, grr, grr, Christine Sinclair, um, oh, you know, she's a rival. The 4-3 win in the Olympics? Oh, my God, man. Don't you know? even get that game. I like, no. vividly remember that game so well. It was so stressful. Oh, my if God. You well, what you we're talking know- about. Go look it up. The London Olympics. 2012, London 2012 <laughs> um, Olympics. It was what the semifinal. Fun fact, yeah. Some fun fact about that game. I was in Marseille um, during that game. I was in Marseille with my soccer team um, at the time, and my soccer team was in France. And so we were in the same time zone as the Olympics because they were in London, which was nice. But we were in Marseille, and we were watching that game in the lobby of a hotel of our hotel in Marseille. And so then the French people were like fucking period at us at us because we were a bunch of 14 year old girls like screaming in the lobby. But there were some Japanese, a group of Japanese tourists who were also staying in the hotel who thought we were the funniest thing ever. They were filming us um, (laughs) going crazy over that game. But anyway, (laughs) it was a great game. Go watch it. If you haven't seen it. That was one of the most, you know, incredible games. Um, point being, Christine Sinclair is kind of a, a legend of the of the game. Yeah. Um, and then you know I'm a big fan of Janine Becky um, and Jordan Heidema. Um, so you know there's a lot of really of players I like a lot on the Canadian team, and and I just you know it, it's just really it's really disappointing that we just keep fighting the same thing over and over and over again. Like, at what point can we just give these women what they deserve? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, that's it. Um, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, so we will obviously track that, um, and we will talk about the games that take place after this and before, like, and the next time we record um, and keep you all updated on what happens there. And also, you know, just in general, talk about the games because they should be good um any last words that was it that was it was long but we 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 kept it we kept to it any last uh last thoughts 
Only so. That about right. sums it up. Well, that's it. Um, and we will talk to you next week, as always. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.